Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I've never seen – I mean, I actually like the post office. I don't know why everybody hates on the post office. But I've never in my life sent a thank you note, and I don't plan on it. And I know that frustrates my mother. But, like, what is the point? I mean, I'll just text you and say thank you. I feel like we can. We should have moved past the thank you notes. But nevertheless, <laughs> I'm Matt Jones. He's Braden Gall. The late Los Angeles Lakers are probably going to send a thank you note to LeBron James as he has signed a two-year $97.1 million contract extension. Glad he added the point one. Want to make sure he gets that. And that includes a player option for the 2024-2025 season. Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul told Woj that James was only going to make a paltry $44.5 million this year. But thankfully now he will get the much more uh, positive $48.5 million. So the question then becomes, is this sort of the, the, the end of, the, of, of, of wondering if LeBron will go anywhere else? Now, Adrian Wojnarowski said because of this extension and rearranging the money, the Lakers might add to the roster. But I still think this is a Laker team. Rob Palenka has still been very active, even kind of in the dog days of August. Yes. He's been on the phone a lot. He's still trying to find uh, deals to bring in more shooting, um, perhaps some size. And so I think those conversations continue all the way into training camp and the start of the season. I still think this Laker roster may look maybe not dramatically different, but subtly different going into uh, next season. And we- Yeah, I don't really know what else they can add of any substance because they just don't have the money. But they have LeBron. They have Anthony Davis. That's a good start. I don't know what they're going to do with Russell Westbrook. But do the Lakers contend this year at all, or is it just an afterthought the Lakers are a second-tier team? It's fascinating, like – the Lakers sort of feel, I don't want to say like Texas in college football or some of these other teams, like just the Cowboys even, big brands that, that you just don't know why it's not working. Well, the and, Lakers did win. Like and they did, I know, and, ago, they just, and they just won it a couple years ago. So it's like, yeah. I, I get that part of it, but it, it th- there has been two years of now where you thought this team had all the pieces that they needed, and you just kind of go, why isn't it working? So I, again, I, I think at 37, 38, 39, and then 40 years old potentially, you're going to have LeBron James. I, I just think it's the right move to keep him in Los Angeles. It's the right move for LeBron to stay in Los Angeles for all of his other things that he's interested in doing, all of the other parts of his career, which, by the way, tremendous actor. Loved him in everything he's ever been in, basically. So I think there's a lot of things. Wait a minute. Are, are you serious about that? I don't think – I don't. he's not – for an athlete. I should have said for an athlete. I mean, you that? really think he's a tremendous actor. Like, you watch his thing What's and you say, is that, is that Daniel sh- Day James? What's that the what you do? movie that he was in? Well, I mean, he was fine, but he was like, but that but he was the best part of the movie. You think he was the best part of the movie, not Amy Scott Schumer a, or uh, Bill yeah. Hader? You think it was LeBron? I think LeBron was better. Yeah, yeah. That's my quite opinion, a take. Man. You think opinion. the best part of Airplane was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? He's pretty damn good. <laughs> He's <laughs> pretty good. Right, you, but anyway, you try you try dragging Lambeer up and down the court for forty eight minutes. It's just you know, it, I think I think that's LeBron quite a is take. A, I think LeBron has other interests, and being in Los Angeles is too big of a draw for him and his business to want to leave. And, oh, by the way, I get to play at the greatest franchise in the history of the league with one of the other greatest five or ten players in the world. There's just too much there there for him to leave. That, that's my opinion. Well, I don't think he wants to leave, but I also think he feels like he needs to win another title or two. I don't think it's going to happen in L.A. I just don't think when you and, – and the the issue is exactly what happened, which is he signed for that much money. He is not going to be able 
to create the roster that he wants with the amount of money that he's making. Now, I don't begrudge him that money, and if you're the Lakers, you have to do it. I mean, LeBron is the second-best player of all time. Second-best player of all time wants to re-sign. You got to do it. There's no other There's no other conversation to have. But you also may be in a position that you have to pay him so much that you cannot win the title, and the West is going to be a lot better. I mean, that's the thing I don't think people get. The Warriors will be just as good or better. The Grizzlies, I think, are going to take another step forward. Minnesota is now making a move. Dallas is obviously good. The Nuggets are going to get Jamal Murray back. The Clippers are finally going to be healthy. I mean, the West has a chance to be great. Where? I mean, of all the teams I just mentioned, I'm not certain, Braden, any of them, is it for certain the Lakers are better than. If I told you you get a full season of a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James, are they one of the best – I guess it's now ten teams, right, that make the playoffs. Like I, I, I think that they are. Well, yes, the best no, they'll eight. make the yeah. playoffs. That's but, that, but I mean, like LeBron is not around to make the playoffs. Like he's not, he's not a mid-pack car, right? Like he, he, he's there to win a title. Do I think with LeBron and Anthony Davis you can win a title? No, I don't. And that's crazy because, uh, you know, three right. years ago they were right. two of the four best players in the league. But I don't think with the rest of that team, the way it's constituted, I don't think they can win it. You know, what's, it's interesting that you, you talk about the Warriors and, like, how they went about getting back to the top of the mountain with a lot of patience, right? And it's sort of a lot of, like, we allowed the KD thing to happen. We allowed the injuries to work. We, we allowed Clay to come back from the injury. We allowed Steph to deal with what he was dealing with. There was a lot of patience and sort of continuity and culture there. And I wonder if, if the Lakers have what it takes for all of that to happen with them. And then if you get a healthy AD and LeBron, can you find that third piece that, that – Again, with the amount but of I don't patience, even think it's just know. about the third know. piece. I mean, I, the, the, what the Warriors did is they sort of actually planned for the future as well. I mean, they got young guys. They went and got a Jordan Poole, and they, they, they found Andrew Wiggins for a decent price. The Lakers have just seemed to be like LeBron wants his super friends. You know, if you're a buddy of, of LeBron, he'll bring you in whether you're good or not, and that's just not – what we know is LeBron is the second best player of all time, but he might be next to Michael Jordan the second worst GM of all time. Because and, when he yeah. when he decides to pick people, it's almost never the right choice. And, and that is what I'm saying with the Warriors. Like they had their plan, they planned out long term, and they were patient with it. They allowed it to unfold and they allowed it to happen, and and they executed their plan, knowing that w- we still have another crack at this when those guys get back to being who they are. And I think that is what, you know, with Kerr and the, the nucleus with Green, and, and they all did it. I, that's what I want to know. Like, is there that same kind of buy-in from the entire organization, or is it just LeBron picking his buddies? And that's what, I don't, I that's what we don't know. Most importantly, I cannot believe that you think LeBron was the best part of that. Dude, he was I the mean, best I, part of Trainwreck, not even close. I stand by that take. I, I say this to be, but you know, the best athlete actor is still terrible. Right, like there's not sure. I mean, name me and name me an, a, a player that has played a, while they're playing the sport. They're in a movie and they're great at it, unless they're just playing themselves. No, no they're all just. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that he's better than like the Rock doesn't. Denzel count. Washington. Like, I'm not saying that. Somebody's like, saying the Rock in the back. The Rock doesn't count because wrestling is half acting anyway. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, so, so, so the, the the Rock doesn't count. I'm just saying. Le, no, LeBron, he's not. Ta- yeah, LeBron is a real a professional athlete, not a college football player. Yes, LeBron is the only person I've even thought that was stole the show was Anthony Edwards was really good in the Adam Sandler movie. Uh, he was. This summer. 
He was he excellent. Was. But he, he was, was playing good. himself, which makes it a lot easier. So Kenny I thought, Carlin. Well, no, hang on. What LeBron did was he played himself, but he did it with, like, all this extra cool stuff that made it really entertaining and fun. And I'm not – Amy Schumer's fine. Like, I, take it or leave it. She's okay. You're easily but I thought he pleased. was the – I thought he was the best as an Actually, athlete. Actually, I will, for an I will give you one athlete that was job. really good in a movie while he was playing. Ray Allen, and he got game. Kami and Carlin is presented excellent. by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, your motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. It's all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Now, LeBron is not the only James who got paid today. That's right. It's a great day for Jameses. We'll tell you about that more next on ESPN Radio. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. During the break here on Canty and Carlin, it's all been Braden Gall talking to me about how many movies would be better if LeBron James was starring in them instead of the regular star. That is a bold-faced lie. He already has not said happen. that Godfather <laughs> 2 would be better if De Niro's character was played low by oh, LeBron God. James. I don't, I don't get that viewpoint, but you know what? Everybody has a different, a different message. I hope I'm Matt happy, Jones. Matt. He's Braden Gall. We are not only giving movie reviews, we're also here to tell you about training camp. And every time I'm on this show, our producer, Evan, he's got a new segment. He wants it to be, he wants it to be snappy. He wants it to be fun. And he calls it the training camp whip around. So let's go ahead and whip it good, Evan. What do you got? All right. So the tease was that LeBron wasn't the only James that got paid. Another James got paid in L.A. Derwin James became the highest-paid safety in the NFL, according to Adam Schefter. Four years, $76.4 million. So I want to know, guys, with Khalil Mack, with J.C. Jackson, Derwin James. Now, will the Chargers have the best defense in the NFL? Ooh, um, I'm not going to go best defense in the NFL, but I will go lots of pressure on Justin Herbert to win on the rookie contract because the Chargers are paying a lot of dudes a lot of money, and they got a cheap quarterback for a couple of years. You better win soon. Otherwise, those contracts come due. Yeah, that's my take on this, which is that con- that this signing could not happen unless he's on a rookie deal. Yep. Because once you have Khalil Mack at the money you have to pay him, you're not going to be able to do this with Derwin James without having the rookie deal. So I don't think this is the year he has to win, but he's going to have to win soon. It's going to have to be, well, this year or next year because he won't have the rookie deal after that, Derwin James signing teams like this, the Chargers, that have these rookie guys, they can get one more star than everybody else. It's like a bonus star, Braden. And I think <laughs> Derwin James was the bonus signing yep. uh, for the Chargers. What's next? Miko Hardman was carted off uh, with a groin injury for the Chiefs. I want to know, guys, we've talked about this a lot with. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, losing their best receivers. But will the Chiefs' wide receiving core be even better this year without Terry Kill? Well, no. hard, hard to say yes to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Miko, Miko Hardman, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm beclemped here, Matt. Uh, Miko Hardman in and of itself is not a huge injury, but packaged around losing Tyreek Hill, 
and, and having to go through this offseason with a revamped receiving core, I I think it's a big concern, especially since he's a guy they were going to throw the ball to more this year. Yeah, didn't they pick up, what, Sky Moore? Is that right? And, and, and the, the rookie of, out of yeah Western Michigan. Yeah, I mean, like, that's nice. But if I'm sitting there going, you know what? I lost the most dynamic wide receiver, at least speed-wise, in the league, but I picked up a guy from Western Michigan. I don't know that I'm going to necessarily <laughs> be really, really excited. Sky Moore may end up a great player. He's got two Ys in his name, which makes me a little suspect. But nevertheless, he's not going to be able in year one to actually replace him. I think they'll be fine. I think Patrick Mahomes is good enough that they'll be successful, but they're not going to be better. Matthew Stafford is not putting a timetable on his elbow injury and when he can return, but said, functionally, I can do everything I need to do. Will Matthew Stafford be able to do everything he needs to do in week one for the Rams against the Bills? Week one, yes, I think he will. But I and making a prediction that this is going to be an issue during the year. When you're in training camp and you have a mysterious elbow that people don't want to talk about and you use such ominous phrases as, I can do everything I need to do. I don't even know what that means, but it <laughs> leaves me a little suspect. I think you'll be fine week one, but I think about week six, eight, we're going to get a report that elbow's inflamed and they're worried, and that's when it will matter. Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest stories in the NFL that we're not talking about. And this was a problem in the offseason. Stafford goes deeper into the postseason than he's ever done before. He throws the ball harder than any other human on the planet. And this sounds a whole lot like a pitcher coming into spring training with an offseason of an elbow problem, and he didn't get it fixed, and he didn't get it looked at, and all of a sudden, four or five starts in the Major League season, we're talking Tommy John. Now, I don't, that's, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if that's what's going to happen with Stafford, but I agree with you completely. He's fine at the beginning of the year. The question is how long does the elbow last, and can he play the whole year through it, or is it more serious? And I think we should be talking about this a lot more with the defending champions. Dallas Cowboys, we always talk about them. C.D. Lamb didn't participate in practice today due to a cut on his foot, according to Stephen Jones, and he will not practice again tomorrow how concerned are we about Dak Prescott and his weapons in Dallas well I mean I'm not really concerned I think the bigger issue is is Prescott's play also can that offensive line yeah. be better but I, I I I think they've got plenty of weapons to succeed the problem they have is what are they going to be able to get from Zeke what are they, are they going to play the other running back more and then the offensive line? But of the things I'm worried about, wide receiver is actually not at the top of the list for the Cowboys. I, I, I'm with you. Like I know the Cooper decision seemed odd, but, I, you know, again, we're not even at preseason game number two. I'm not worried about C.D. Lamb and a cut yet. Um, it is about Dak Prescott. I, the, but the biggest concern is somebody you didn't mention, and that's the head coach, Mike McCarthy. That's the concern well, I have about this team. Mike McCarthy. So, People are so mean to Mike McCarthy. I think he's I solid. I think he's solid. I think you need but someone it, who's great. Doesn't and I don't it think feel like, though, people are are so much more critical of him than any like, – name another coach in the league that people are as critical of as they are Mike McCarthy. Who has won a Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, I Bill think Belichick. Mike, Mike Tomlin. Like, uh, There's a lot of coaches that are – I don't think so. Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin, they get that they get benefit of the doubt. Like every coach, it is like considered to be just normal to mock Mike McCarthy. Like there's nobody out there who says anything good about Mike McCarthy. It it makes me want to root for him. Has it occurred to you that he's just not as good as Mike Tomlin and Belichick? Like a lot of these other goobers haven't done anything, and people give them the benefit (laughs) of the doubt. Yeah, why don't they give Mike McCarthy I, the Doug be, the, Peterson the, the, doesn't get a lot of love and credit. He that's gets a what lot I'm of saying. 
Like, but I don't, I don't he even got fired. Why he doesn't. He's <laughs> had success too. People are so mean. It's these, and it's just because <laughs> Mike McCarthy doesn't, you know, he doesn't have analytics and he doesn't have a calculator, and it makes everybody treat him like he's an idiot. I am one of the Mike McCarthy defenders. Has it occurred to you that he's just not that good? <laughs> It's occurred to me that none of these guys except Bill Belichick are worth all the time we spend on them, but yet we pick him out and pick on him, and I don't agree with him. What's our next one? I think we're all crazy, and Matt Jones is just really (laughs) on to something. I am on to something. And Mike Tomlin's been through the ringer, dude. Like, that dude gets a lot of scrutiny. Let's not over overlook I that. don't think – but I don't think people just act like he can't walk and tie his shoes like they do Mike McCarthy. Well, I mean, if I didn't know I any better, I would just think Mike McCarthy is walking down the street oh, unable God. to actually accomplish anything. All but I said is, was he's good, not great, and now you're telling well, me I, I'm, I, like, insulting is, his children? Like, come this on. This has been like a five-year <laughs> frustration about <it> forever. <laughs> but go ahead. You. What's our last one? Yeah, last one, the latest on Deshaun Watson. We're sitting here waiting for a decision to be made from uh, Peter Harvey. So sources close to Deshaun Watson, according to Dan Graziano, believe a resolution could come today or tomorrow and that there have been recent talks about a settlement from Peter Harvey. Uh, if Harvey rules, the ruling is final and binding, and that's why Dan Graziano believes he's giving time uh, them time to settle. Do you think we'll see a settlement here between the NFLPA, Deshaun Watson, and the NFL? I think there's incentive to have a settlement from both sides, so I think it's very possible. I mean, it, it depends on, again, we're probably haggling over a couple of games. My guess is the NFL once a year. The Players Association probably wants six games, and maybe they get to eight or ten. But it's, there is an incentive legally for both of them to settle, so I still think there's a very good chance, uh, Braden, that that happens. I completely agree. I, I think – when two different sides of a disagreement find area that they that is good for both of them, generally you find agreement. And while I have my own opinions about what should happen to Deshaun Watson, I'm allowed to have my own opinions. Everyone else is allowed to have their own opinions. Uh, what matters for Deshaun, if you're in his camp, is just just take whatever punishment you get here and move on. You, you didn't get any criminal punishment. You signed all the civil lawsuits away in NDAs. Just, just you're not gonna. It's not gonna cost you that much money if you're suspended, even for the whole year, because of how your contract's been written. Again, I don't like any of this, but it's the reality. If you're Deshaun, take the punishment and 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 just go sit at home for a while. It makes no sense not to just take it and be done with the whole thing. If you're Watson, Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance, and I want to tell you, usually a closed door meeting in training camp is not good. By the way, is there ever an open door meeting? It's always a closed door meeting. Has there ever been a meeting? It's like, you know what? We're going to have a meeting, but this one's going to be open door. It's always a closed door meeting. But this time that meeting may even be more important. We'll tell you where it happened and what's going to happen next. That's next here on ESPN radio. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN radio and on ESPN plus. You know, everybody has different views about whether or not arguing with your workmates or your teammates is a good or bad thing. It's Kenny and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Jones, Braden Gall. You know, sometimes when we get ready to do these shows, they'll be like bickering over what topics we're going to do, right? <laughs> like, like Braden's like, can we please talk about how great an actor LeBron James is? And I'm like, you know, maybe we should stick to, I don't know, sports. And everybody has disagreements. <laughs> But the good thing is you know that you have a successful like workplace environment when you can get over that, which brings us to the Green Bay Packers because the Green Bay Packers are apparently having some work-related issues. 
Aaron Rodgers was asked yesterday about his wide receivers, and here's what he had to say. I mean, it's good. It's good we do it in practice. So it's unfortunately some of the same guys. That, that's, you know, repeat mistakes are a problem. So we just got to clean those things up a little bit. The young guys, you know, they got to, especially young receivers, we got to be way more consistent. You know, a lot of, a lot of drops, a lot of, uh, you know, bad route decisions, run the wrong route. So we got to, we got to get better in that area. So he didn't sound like a person that was very happy with his teammates. And a day after that happened, the receivers were instructed to report to the quarterback meeting room at 845 in the morning. That's very Ooh. early. Braden's not even started his ending snoring oh, at that point. Dude. And dude, when you- they arrived, <laughs> they found all three quarterbacks plus key members of the offensive coaching staff who worked directly with the passing game in the room. Rodgers didn't call the meeting, but he spoke extensively at it according to several participants. So when you hear about Aaron Rodgers playing the disappointed father at his receivers, what's your take on that? Uh, first of all, uh, my four- and five-year-old daughters are up at about 6.15, so that 8.45 nonsense, that's been out the window for about five years. But it does sound like, as a father, it does sound exactly like what a father would do. Now, I would imagine that Aaron Rodgers has a pretty heavy sense of urgency about him right now, considering what he's done in the NFC Championship game in the last six or seven years and where he's at in his career this is his last couple of chances to win a Super Bowl. And he doesn't have Devontae Adams, so he knows that these guys have to come along quickly. My, my question and my issue here is, what does the old, like, players only, and this is not a players only meeting, but you get the point. Like, what, what is the old closed door players only, like, rah-rah speech by him when it comes to a young receiver learning how to manipulate a defensive back? Like, I don't know how you get a guy to do that better by calling this kind of meeting. He's clearly frustrated. I don't know what it's going to lead to, though, because working with Aaron Rodgers is sometimes very difficult. I think if I played with Aaron Rodgers, I would want to call a meeting on having to deal with Aaron Rodgers because I just feel like he is he is definitely a handful. You know, listen, everybody's got a different way of leading. Like, people will tell you – I knew a guy that played with, with Peyton Manning, and he said Peyton Manning was as hard on people as – as you could be that his receivers, his tight ends, his offensive line, he was very hard on them, but they all also liked him. And so they would take more than they would from other people. Whereas there may be people who actually don't say as much, but because you just don't like the cut of their jib, like you don't really want to, to listen to them. I have never known for sure what Aaron Rodgers is. I feel like he's got some people that swear by one of his receivers is Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb played here. He loves Aaron Rodgers, was in his wedding, right? Like, like they love each other. He's been yep. with him for eight or nine years. Then it looks like Devontae Adams may have tried to get out of there because he was kind of tired of it. So I just don't know whether or not uh, Rodgers' personality is is an issue or not, and you wouldn't know unless you're there. And, and it's, you know, like this is what Baker Mayfield dealt with, some in Cleveland before now going to Carolina, like the, the leadership side of that. Now I also wonder how overrated that can be or or is it undervalued to some degree? Because these are all grown, professionally paid millionaires to execute their jobs. Like, like again, I'm in Nashville. I was at Titans practice. Mike Vrabel preaches, do your job, right? That's the whole Belichick thing. Do your job. And you get paid handsomely to do it. So I'm not sure, again, what does the old angry father, rah-rah speech, leadership style, like, not everyone's going to get along in life. You have to learn, to your point, uh, how to work with people maybe you don't always jive with perfectly. And if you're going to play with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the most talented of this generation from an arm standpoint, 
Wouldn't you just kind of follow along, even if you think he's weird? Because I agree, he's weird, and he's tough to Depends be Depends on how weird he is. Like, I, sometimes it doesn't matter how good you are. If the person's weird enough, you can't deal with it. But Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach, he said, look, this is one of the things that happened, and here were his comments on Rodgers being upset. I appreciate this about Aaron. It's just the urgency to get some of this stuff corrected. I mean, you can't make the same mistake twice. Not in this league. We don't have time for it. And um, that that's just enough time to get you beat. So, Certainly, he's he's the ultimate competitor, um, and you know I think it's good for these guys to to feel that because we got to make sure that they continue to show progress each and every day, and um, you know it'll be a good opportunity today to see how these young guys respond. Braden, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I hear somebody say that someone's the ultimate competitor, it's like code for he's impossible to be around. <laughs> I, listen, Lafleur. I, I was around Lafleur here when he was the offensive coordinator for Vrabel a couple of years ago, and and he's also kind of an odd bird too. Like he's, he he's got some of that to his game as well. And and listen, some of the most genius people in any walk of life of all time are extremely weird and bizarre. That's and, odd true. and Everything. So like it doesn't necessarily. And again, clearly Aaron Rodgers is a brilliant quarterback. There's no arguing that point. But does he make? Is he a force multiplier around him? It would appear after 15 years of playing football that it probably is. So the question is. Are these sol- like to me? All that matters if I'm a Packers fan is are these solvable issues? Can you get a young receiving core to develop quickly enough to become, in the aggregate, something like Devontae Adams? You're not going to replace him, but can you get something that that is maybe two different guys or three different guys that produce his numbers, and the same numbers for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense? That's all that matters for him and for Packers fans is can you get these guys developed? And if this is what they think they need to do, you know, we'll see. Again. No, nothing has been wrong with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. They are 13-3 and three every time they've played together and been on the team together. The well, question just, is, what do they do in the postseason? That is the they question. better hope they don't see Jimmy G again because that's clearly what does them in. Well, there's still a lot going on tonight, a lot of sporting events tonight. I mean, and it's not just AEW's big wrestling show. you got other things happening. We'll go into it. It's three and out where we go into everything, including one of the all-time best going for a fifth title. That's next, right here on ESPN Radio. Check out Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Soup with Coop. Exciting stuff. Candy and Carlin is also exciting and presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Braden Gall. I'm Matt Jones. You know, there's always a story that comes out when you have Lane Kiffin, and his latest story is that Lane Kiffin went into the season and didn't really have a good punter. So what happened? One of his players went to a frat party. There were kegs. Alcohol was consumed, and they found out that there was a former D1 punter that just happened to be attending the school. Here's what Lane Kiffin had to say about it. Hey, you guys have also added a punter to your roster. Can you talk a little bit about him? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about him. I think he was down at the frat house, you know, like at a keg party or something, you know, where they got him <laughs> from. So we got some conditioning work to do with my guy. But um, we just said, hey, someone go find a punter around campus. And so we found one that actually used to punt in Division One. So you never know. Six one, two 250 pounds, so he may need some conditioning. Mm-hmm. But – Got to tell you, Braden, I, I like the plan. It tells you how much disrespect kickers get that they're like, we need a punter, just go find someone somewhere. And it actually ended up working out. Hey, you never know who's on the intramural, intramural field, fields. Easy for me to say. 
Um, no, I, first of all, if you were going to put money down on a coach in college football finding a punter at a keg party, I guarantee you Vegas would have Lane Kiffin at the top of that board. I think that's probably right, yes. Guarantee that he would have. Again, all that matters is can he kick the football. And Ole Miss is a preseason top 25 team. I'm not sure I'm buying that. But, you know, I, I do love – there's something, like, awesome about a coach just saying, we've got 20,000 undergrads. Go find me someone who can do this. Like, I just yeah. think that's a that's – there's something super charming and, and like, I will t- amateur I will tell you a funny about story that. about that. When I went to law school at Duke – they it was three weeks before the first football game of the year and there was an ad in the student newspaper that said duke is in need of football players please try out (laughs) and the very first game was against florida state who at the time was like you know top three in the country and i just thought who is the person that's just going to duke who's reading the paper and go you know what i think i'll play against florida state why not that'll be fun and and you're not you're not like 58 years old either like this was in the internet recruiting (laughs) era right Oh yeah, this was this was probably what two thousand three something That's like insane. that. That's insane. That's insane. And they just and they I mean they put an ad in the paper, so Lane Kiffin didn't even put it in the paper. He just said go to a frat party, find a guy that's a little chubby with a dad bod who might be able to <laughs> kick, and now he's going to take the field this year. We'll see if that ends up working. You think he'll be successful? Heck yeah, baby! It's Lane Kiffin. Punt for Lane Kiffin. Drink and then punt at Ole Miss. Yes, that's right. It's nothing but the bomb here on Kenny and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. I want to thank the guests that have joined us. Sam Acho, Trevor Maddich, Chris Canty, Mike Reese, and Mark Slaybach all were here, and they were all amazing. And we thank them for being here. But now, you know, it's the last segment. We got to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and Out. Three and Out. Let's get started. WNBA playoffs start tonight on ESPN and ESPN2. The New York Liberty at the Chicago Sky at 8 on ESPN2. Phoenix Mercury at the Las Vegas Aces at 10 on ESPN. But for me, the playoffs will begin tomorrow when Seattle Storm play the Washington Mystics at 10 on ESPN2. I was saying before the show that I hope Sue Bird rides off into the sunset with another title. She's won four. She's the only player with a WNBA title in three different decades. Braden Gall says she hopes she loses to the Mystics and is not rooting for Sue Bird in her final year. Defend yourself and your anti-Sue Bird slander. This is just complete and utter slander. This is... I'm going to go full Patrick Reed on you and get a lawyer to file a defamation suit. This is ridiculous. I don't know who doesn't root for Sue Bird. Like, I don't know who. Do- you, who would, apparently. Who would actively choose to root against arguably the greatest player in the history of the sport? Five, what, going for her fifth title, five Olympic gold medals. Like, there's, it's just ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know who would not be rooting for her. And if you are, the take here is go somewhere else. Don't let him fool you. He was say he had his Mystics jersey on. I want to see Sue Bird play with Brianna Stewart, another wonderful uh, young player. WNBA playoffs begin, and by the way, you should tune into ESPN and ESPN two. Three and out is this. It's brought to you by Indeed. You can attract, you can interview, and you can hire at Indeed.com/slash/credit. Go do that as soon as this show's over. Hire all the people you need now. Antonio Brown is not happy with the treatment that Tom Brady is getting. He tweeted out 
Tom Brady manipulate the game, gets 14 days, go home, get his mind right, LOL. Now you see the difference. Put that bleep on. What do you think about Antonio Brown? Is he right? Tom Brady shouldn't just get to go home when he wants to go home. I think you could take an English class. That'd be nice, too. I I, I love you reading Antonio Brown Twitter language. I think that's fantastic, by the way. <laughs> well, he manipulate I, the game. Get look, 14 man, days. Go home. All right. How about this? Different rules for different fools, AB. All right. <laughs> Tom Brady is Tom Brady. You ain't Tom Brady. Enough said. Sorry, dude. You get as much leverage in this world and you yeah. get as much ability as you have. Right. That's just the way it is. So, like, if Stephen A. Smith comes in here and says, I'm going to take next week off, then Stephen A. Smith gets next week off. If Braden Gall comes in, they're going to go, we heard what you said about Sue Bird. You get in there and go to work and hush if you want to keep your job. That's just the way things work. Tom Brady in this scenario, of course, is Stephen A. Smith and Antonio Brown. Oh, come on. That is ruthless. By the way, they would come right back in after hearing all my LeBron James acting takes and say, you get all of next week. You get first take, buddy. LeBron James acting takes. By the way, uh, we You're wrong about the third, this. You're wrong. This isn't the third one, but the U.S. Amateur is going on right now. I enjoy watching the U.S. Amateur because it's just regular like kids out there. And can I bring up while I'm watching it, the stupidest rule in sports is that golfers can't wear shorts. Why can't golfers wear shorts? Why do they make golfers wear khaki pants and look absolutely dorky as possible? Be- because it's the, it's the gentleman's game, Matt. You have to act and dress and talk a certain way. Well, no cheer, you no don't have allowed. to. Let them wear shorts. The women wear shorts. It doesn't they, make any sense. They wear Who's shorts your... in practice rounds. Like, this makes no sense. I'm so with you, Matt. They wear shorts on Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, and Wednesday. But, no, we get to Thursday, and now it's like a formal I'm, event. I'm good. So no, it would be pants. like in, no, hang on. Would, hang on. I'm good with pants, guys. I don't want to look at all these guys' legs. I'm fine. Pants are fine. It would be like, though, if the NBA just decided everyone had to wear jeans, but only in the NBA. Like, they're the only people that had to wear jeans. That is a terrible analogy. I think it's exactly right, and that is part of the reason. You want to watch Patrick Reed's legs walk around a course? No, you don't. You act like I don't already do that. Now, the third (laughs) thing is. No, hang on. How about your boy? Shout out to your boy, Gutkowski, or what's his name? Yeah, he lost, unfortunately. (laughs) The, The one seed. Frank Gutkowski, he lost on the extra. <laughs> what a name. Now, what a name. Jake Plummer. This is the third one. You remember Jake Plummer? He was the former uh, Arizona yeah. State player, played for the Arizona Cardinals, et cetera. I think Broncos, maybe. He wants to live forever, which is nice. I hope he does. Wow. I uh, hope he's happy. And the former NFL quarterback believes mushrooms will save the world. He lives on a mushroom farm in Colorado. And a lot of people didn't know that your former quarterback extraordinaire is now a mushroom farmer, psychedelic mushrooms in Colorado. What do you make of this news? So, like, there's one way to have a conversation about this where, like, psychedelics are developing a lot of, you know, there's a lot of medical evidence to back up the use of psychedelics to solve some problems with, like, major anxiety issues and synapses in the brain and all this complicated stuff. It's, It's Aaron Rodgers going to do ayahuasca in theory. And there's a lot of help there potentially for trauma, head trauma in particular, for former NFL players. That does not seem like what is happening here with Jake Plummer. It seems like living forever means you might need to back off the prescription a little bit if you if you had if you were asking my opinion, Matt. Did you just use the word synapses on ESPN yeah, radio? Like yeah. you're not allowed to talk about synapses. Your neural, your e- neural synapses, yeah. That's right. Well, I wish Jake Plummer the best. I have to tell you, I, I'm listen, I'm in no way 
demeaning the idea that, like you said, psychod- I know there's a Netflix show now about psychedelics, and I'm sure they work fine for everyone. But I just have to <laughs> tell you, when, when, when someone is an NFL former quarterback and they say to me something like, I'm going to run a mushroom farm and I'm going to attempt to live forever – At that point, I just go, it's nice to see you, Jake. I'm not going to take any of the things that you have, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. what's the motto on the show today? I hope you're happy, Jake. I I hope you're happy. I mean, listen, if if Aaron Rodgers wants to have his ayahuasca, that's fine. But I'm going to need somebody that isn't just a Green Bay Packer to tell me about ayahuasca before I do it. I feel Braden very similar about Jake Plummer. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Again, very serious conversation. Doesn't always feel like this exact conversation is lining up with the very serious is this a very serious happening? conversation are you was, are you ready to have a different. serious conversation i i think uh following medical science to solve problems i think is a great conversation to have i'm not sure that's okay. exactly what's happening on the mushroom farm in colorado <laughs> well we uh we we of course wish him the best now of course tonight uh the WBA playoffs going on uh, baseball as well Braden, it was a lot of fun we've had a lot of discussions we even talked in the office in the uh when we're off the air about which famous people had their ears pinned back in surgery, <laughs> there's been a lot that we've gotten, we've gone over, and uh, I've enjoyed spending this amount of time with yeah, you. Yeah, always a pleasure with you. How many plumbers are in Kentucky? This is an important question that we discussed yeah, during we, the break. Well, I didn't realize. I will tell you this. I did not realize. Did you know, at least in the state of Kentucky, and I would assume in other states, to be a plumber, you have to be licensed or it is a crime. So I just want to go right now before we end this show and say, those of you who are engaging in illegal plumbing, watch out before the armed forces come towards you. (laughs) He's Braden Gall. I'm Matt Jones. I will not be here to continue this conversation tomorrow, but somebody else will. We've got more with Spade and Fitz. That's next on ESPN Radio.